Um, so, kid, do you want to start us off with an introduction about you, I guess? What, what your time was like? When, when, when did you graduate? Mm-hmm. Uh, what you major in? Anything you think is relevant, please. Yeah, so uh, I graduated in May of 2019 um, with a bachelor's in computer engineering, like I said, and a minor in computer science. Um, this was back before there was all the fancy like majors and stuff like that. So just straight computer engineering, but definitely did enjoy like more of the embedded side of things. Um, so that kind of naturally led to where I work now, which is Qualcomm, um, since it's more, it's definitely like I do a lot of coding and stuff like that, but it's definitely like C, um, C++ and some Python, but uh, more oriented towards things that are running on hardware. Um, from Maryland, went to school at Virginia Tech, and then now I'm in Colorado, so been around a couple places, yeah. Awesome. Let me ask you this. Why did you choose ECE as your major? Um, so I actually knew that I wanted to do computer engineering when I came into college. Um, I had done a program with Northrop Grumman during high school, and I had also done robotics. Um, so I kind of liked, I'd already been exposed to programming and like that, but I realized that I was more interested in uh, programming as it relates to hardware and having some type of thing that you can like touch and play around with like microcontrollers or like Arduinos and things like that was more interesting to me than just like making an app or like programming or developing a website. Um, So that was kind of how I ended up in the department. Awesome. Did you enjoy, um, I guess, I don't know if you had the class microcontrollers. I think that's something Mm -hmm. you then. Did you enjoy that class, I guess? (laughs) I thought it was definitely interesting. It was like really hard. Um, And because when I took it, we still had to write, like, we were writing a lot of the drivers and things like that that other people, like, got handed to them. So that part was kind of tedious and not the best. But overall, kind of seeing, like, um, it was definitely helpful to learn all of the, how, the, like, the GPIO pins work and, like, what does that even mean and stuff like that. So it was a good experience overall. Who was your is professor? That is that similar to the, our embedded systems course? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. our embedded systems course. Yeah, way different than my embedded <laughs> that I had, but I had uh, Nazan Dali for my Oh, hey, me too. Yeah, she's awesome. She is awesome. She was one of her um, early guests on this podcast. Okay. Yeah, uh, so moving forward, let's talk, you just talked about one of the classes you found interesting. What was the class you hated the most? That was, I guess, in the department. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know that hate is like the word that I would want right. to use because I don't think I hated anything, but right. I definitely struggled a lot with um, systems. Uh, did not like, I, I don't know, the math just didn't click for me or I could follow like this is the equation, but I just always like thought way too much into which equation I was supposed to be using. So it was just really difficult. Didn't really like that one, but so I'm not an electrical engineer. So <laughs> yeah, signal and system is very challenging. Are there any professors that you're still in touch with at Virginia Tech in the EC department? Um, I don't think I have like... Admittedly, haven't really kept in touch with any of them quite yet, just because the year has gone by so fast since I graduated. But um, I did research with Dr. Martin, um, and I was also uh, enjoy talking to Dr. Wyatt. So I do want to keep in touch with them, but just haven't reached out quite yet. Interesting. You said the years went by quite fast after you left Virginia Tech. Yeah. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? <laughs> um, well, obviously, with all like the craziness in the world, that part has gone by like super fast. Um, but I think just like I expected when I um, started working and like wasn't in school 
because uh, I know when you're in school, it's always like, oh my gosh, all I ever do is work, and like I just have no free time and all of this stuff. And then I like started working, and I was like, oh, I think I have free time, but like somehow my free time just kind of goes away, and like I wasn't really sure what I was doing in it. Um, since I didn't have quite the same like activities and clubs and all like the meetings that you're trying to get to when you're not in class. Um, and it's also quite easy to kind of get caught up in work and be like, oh, I worked my eight hours, but if I just work a little bit longer on this thing, like I can get farther and I'll be like better set for the next day, which is uh, important to do sometimes. And like, you just kind of just what I have to do sometimes if things are challenging or you have a lot going on, but it's also important to keep the balance. Um, but yeah, it just, it's a different type of like, um, working than what you do in school because in school I think it's more like broken up by meetings or you know even just walking around um, campus to get to another class or something like that versus work where you're like um, I mean obviously you take breaks and things like that but you're still more like focused for a set eight hours of the day so right um, you just mentioned some clubs and, and activities you were taking part in at Virginia Tech can mm -hmm. you give us a, a, a good idea of what they were yeah, so I feel like I did five million things, um, but I was an ambassador like you guys um, for UCE, and then I was also uh, involved a lot with IEEE, uh, so I was the president my senior year and then had different officer positions before that, um, and I also helped a lot with like recruiting and things like that for the College of Engineering as a whole, doing um, Dean's team and helping with Women's Preview Weekend. Um, I also was part of the tap dancing club that we had at school. So that was something that was fun and not engineering related. Uh, were you a part of any design teams or did you do research with any professors? Uh, I did some research with Dr. Martin to help out um, one of his grad students. They were doing like a e-textile project. Um, so we were, um, Kind of weird to explain but we were trying to figure out how to build like an exoskeleton type thing that would help support um for children that children that had um diseases that might uh impact their like musculoskeletal strength and stuff like that to kind of build like an assistive device that would help like hold up their arms so having different sensors and like um being able to figure out if i raise my arm like past this uh, degree then have like the system kick in to help them raise it the rest of the way kind of related to that um, but I didn't do any design teams I just none of them quite spoke to me and I felt like I had enough work to do already so absolutely so um, talking about uh, design teams and other stuff you did what about your social life what part of, of college I guess you miss the most now uh, I definitely miss having like more of the community. <clears throat> I think um, sometimes you can kind of take it for granted to like, uh, since you're in your classes, you see like the same group of people, even if it's maybe not all people that you would hang out with in your free time. Like I had my core group of friends that were also in ECE, so it worked out well that we could like work on our projects together and hang out and also do like fun things as well. Um, but just having more people uh, that you were seeing um, and it didn't feel like it required quite as much planning to be like hey do you want to go get dinner or like let's go on a hike because um, now everybody's kind of spread out across the country um, but I definitely think it's good to like try and take advantage of those things while you're still there so 
I guess it's a good like, question about formal uh, yeah. to ask someone out for dinner at work. Like, does does everyone change once college is over? <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily that it's like formal or not formal, like anything like that. It's more just um, I think it depends on like where you if you move when you go to work. So like for me being out in Colorado, like I some of the people that are here um, I interned with, so I was like more friends with them. Um, but a lot of times I find that when you're like with work people, you tend to talk about work, uh, which is great. And they all have like interesting stories and things and they're very nice people. But sometimes I just want to have somebody that's not like my friend that's not related to work. Um, so trying to make those connections in like a new city or area can be challenging. So, so how was the um, transition from college life to work life? I think I, I would expect it to be quite abrupt. <laughs> um, yeah. I think like um, it's definitely it helped to take I think I was like didn't do anything for about a month and a half or so after graduation before I started working um, so that was good because it gave me time to kind of like unpack everything from moving out of school and before you like repack to move out here um, and also just some downtime to um, I still think I was busy just like planning for the move and whatnot but some downtime where you're not necessarily like focused on like projects and like technical things and everything to kind of um mentally prepare you like for coming to work um and being because I know I was kind of like okay I've had enough just like hanging around the house I'm ready to get started on work now so I think having that break is good um to get you in a better mindset um I think just like the timing, kind of like I mentioned before, of uh, being at work where like we have a pretty flexible um, working arrangement at Qualcomm. Like you don't have to be there at 8.30 or else everybody's like, oh my gosh, Katie's slacking off for the day. Um, but you still, you know, are expected to kind of be more focused during the work day hours versus at school where you can kind of like do as you want. And as long as you get stuff done, nobody really cares. Like it's still like that. But there's just kind of the expectation that you'll be available during certain hours for working. Absolutely. So let's move on to the societal part of the podcast. What does being a woman in ECE mean to you? I'm sorry, what was the what does being, uh, alumni of ECE? No, what, is, what does it mean to be a woman in ECE? Oh, a woman. Okay. Um, I think, like, personally, I never really had any issues or anything with it where people you know said that you weren't smart enough because you're a girl or anything um but i think it did uh definitely like it influenced my friend group because all the people that i was friends with they were the girls that were in ece so we tried to like take all of our classes together and that's who you worked with um and sometimes it just felt more like comfortable to be working with them because we all had similar like uh, ways that we went about working and we were all of the personality where we would like the projects do in three weeks well better get started today instead of waiting until like three days before the project um, so it was helpful to be around people that had like similar mindsets um, and I think like honestly it's opened up a lot of opportunities I think when I was in school to kind of um, talk to like prospective students and like reassure them that like yeah there might not be that many girls, but it's growing and like everybody who's here is really nice and supportive. Um, so I kind of enjoyed that aspect of it, being able to say like, like prove as an example, like, hey, you can do it. Cause like, we're making it through it too, so. 
Right. What do you think can be done to um, attract more um, women in STEM and ECE? I think, like, I feel like overall there's still, like, pretty good attraction. Just, like, there has been a lot of programs and initiatives to increase uh, interest in STEM and, like, increase the exposure um, overall to engineering. But I think um, it's definitely important in when you're, like, doing those types of things to make sure that you're kind of offering like even exposure to all the types of engineering uh, engineering because I think a lot of times maybe if you think of like oh computer programming like you may think of like this guy sitting in a hoodie like drinking soda or something like that or like only building robots and kind of making sure that you're showing people that there are lots of different aspects to it and it's not just like one area that might not be appealing to um, women. Not that women can't build robots, but I don't know. Sometimes it's just like weird looking, so. Um, so going back to, I think your last answer, you talked about having a, a nice close knit friend group. What is the importance of it? And how do you go about building a, a positive friend group in ECE and at Virginia Tech? How was your experience mm -hmm. with it? I think a lot of it kind of happened um, not by accident, but just kind of like happened by circumstance. Um, I became friends with the people like we would all be sitting in like office hours waiting to talk to the professor um, like sophomore year and then you kind of started talking to each other and just kind of be like oh you know what part are you stuck on oh I'm stuck on this part and maybe help them if you can um, or not but then you just kind of like saw the same people um, and made the connections and then you know kind of sit next to them in class is the next step and then maybe like get dinner sometime or like let's meet up to work on this project and then you talk about other stuff uh, so I definitely think it happened like pretty organically and didn't have to like force it um, by any means but I think it's really helpful to have like the support system um, and just have somebody like people that you can go and talk to whether you're like wow I'm so excited like I totally crushed this or like you know I have this interview I can't wait or else you're like oh my gosh I have this interview like I have no idea what I'm going to say, like, please help me. Um, so having people that you can go to for, like, um, both sides of the equation, I think, is really important. Sure. Now, what about friends outside of the ECE? I personally have majority of my friends are in ECE. It just comes with it. Uh, but yeah. I do think having friends outside of ECE can be useful sometimes. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, it's kind of like I mentioned how when you're with work people, you talk about work. So when you're with ECE people, you still talk about your classes. Like, that's just what happens. Um, but I think uh, getting to know people, like, outside of the department is really important. Um, I mean, they could be other engineers, and you, like, learn other engineering-related things from them, just other people that are involved in activities that you might not have, like, heard about um, otherwise. And it was just it's a good thing to kind of like take a break and take a step back and like, oh, if somebody wants to know like what I cooked for dinner this weekend instead of like, you know, how many test cases I am passing right now in that project. Like, oh, okay, I can talk about that. Um, so just kind of that stuff that sounds silly when you say it that way, but it is like really important kind of just for your overall like mental well-being. Sure. So what would you recommend EC students in order to land their dream job? Um, I think um, I had listened to the advising podcast, so I think they talked about it well, of having a good balance of um, like knowing the technical content uh, and 
you know, doing well on your projects and getting good grades is important, but you also want to be, um, I think, being like a well-rounded person. Um, and that doesn't mean you have to be in all of the activities, but having some type of project or club or group that you're passionate about um, and can really talk to. I think um, what I've noticed is that when you get involved in those types of projects, it really uh, helps you find what you're passionate about in ECE. And I think when you're um, talking to companies, having something that you're passionate about um, and like are excited to talk about with them uh, makes a greater impression than just like, yeah, I you know, can code really well, that's cool. Um, and I think the communication, like presentation of yourself is also really important when you're um, talking to companies and I think it just, uh, like the confidence is a big part, um, even if you feel like you're faking it or like overselling yourself, just being, um, able to really talk to people openly and honestly and uh, clearly even can ask questions if you need to, all of that type of stuff, um, I think really goes into um, showing that you're a person that's dedicated and passionate about what you're doing and why you want to work at a place. Um, how was the job fair and the recruiting process for you throughout your time at Virginia Tech? Yeah, uh, so um, I had I interned with Qualcomm, um, two summers, so summer after junior year and summer after sophomore year, and I actually had gone up to talk to them like on a whim, just waiting for another company to career fair. Um, so that worked out really well. Um, I think it's definitely uh, still intimidating, even though like once I had, you know, the first internship with them, I was like, okay, like I'm pretty sure I'll get a return offer. Like I'm not super worried, but I still want to talk to other places. Um, just to kind of see what else is out there and also to just get more like practice with it. Um, but every time it still is like still gets you a little nervous, even if you've done it before. Uh, so I think overall it was good, but I definitely always kind of did the took the approach of talking to the people like companies that I wasn't as super interested in worried about first so that I could get all of my like stumbling out of the way and like practice what I wanted to say before I went and talked to the places that I really cared about. So. Um, yeah. Have you come back to Virginia Tech since then as a recruiter? Uh, sort of. So when I came back and um, did that talk for the sophomores in EC, I was also, um, there was a hackathon going on at the time. Um, so I was there as like a representative to help answer questions. And um, I don't think we were really taking resumes at the time just because it was like February or something. But um, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to help with some recruiting, whatever form that takes this year. Interesting. I do think recruiting is on this year, but it's in virtual format, obviously. That's what I figured. Yeah. Um, anything else, Mike? I think we're good. We got some good content. We're good. Katie, any questions you think we should ask you and we didn't? Uh, I mean, I oh, you know, I have much. something. Uh, the rapid fire game that we played with Paige Monk. Do you want to play with her? I mean, Sure, I guess. Um, so we basically played a rapid fire game where we, we presented two Pick Virginia Tech related options to you, and you okay. pick one. So it's like McComas or War Memorial. Oh, that's an easy answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, what about dining halls? Your pick of the dining halls. Uh, I always liked Owens, to be honest. I think Owens is a, is a cult favorite. I, I don't get it, but everybody <laughs> loves it. Um, yeah, your, uh, what was your favorite place to study on campus? The library, maybe new classroom building? 
Um, I spent a lot of time in the library. Don't think I really want to do that again, but <laughs> definitely where I got a lot done. What was your favorite place to get coffee? Did you get coffee? <laughs> I was not a coffee person, thankfully, but there yeah. was the Nitro Coffee place in downtown Blacksburg. So, I'm talking about downtown Blacksburg. That. Your favorite place to eat? Oh, Cabofish Taco. Cabofish Taco. <laughs> nice. Um, which which Kroger's? Uh, now I don't remember the distinctions, but the the one over on UCB. ECB? What's ECB? UCB. UCB. Okay, okay. I think they yeah. call that... <laughs> they've, the they've, Kroger. Yeah, they call that Ghetto Kroger. <laughs> I, I love Virginia Tech sometimes. Um, your favorite place to hang out on campus? Like, Duck Pond, the Pylons, Drill Field, maybe? Um, I think... Oh, that's kind of a tough one. I always like walking around the Duck Pond and kind of... Uh, there's a path that goes back by, like, the obstacle course and stuff. No, it's good to kind of get away from everything out there. Mm-hmm, I agree. Football games or basketball games? Football. Football games. <laughs> campus or off campus? Uh, I think I enjoyed off campus more. Yeah. So any last words to uh, the listeners from you, Katie? Um, I think just remember to like take your time and enjoy things while you're there and not like obviously you have to be focused on the future but um don't be overly focused on the future so much that you miss out on everything that you're doing in the present um and don't be afraid to ask for help or advice when you need it um, because that's something that everybody's going to need help at some point so uh admitting that you need some help uh, can really take you a long way and make you feel more comfortable and set you up for success in the future so Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, you're welcome. Hi, this is Shubham, and welcome to ECE Tech Talk with our brilliant hosts, Mayan Kirani and Dewan Wanjara. Um, you said you're doing grad school. Is that at Tech or somewhere else? No, uh, I'm at University of Central Florida. Oh, nice. So Where I'm is that Orlando again? Orlando right now. Orlando? Cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sweet. Is this your first year? Because I remember seeing you in the meetings earlier this year. Yeah. So okay. I just graduated from Tech 2020. So... I'm starting Monday. Awesome. Fresh perspective. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the summer after graduating? I know it's been uh, a little affected with the coronavirus situation, but still, how was it? The most boring summer of my life. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, can, what, I can feel the pain. The, you, can, you, can, you can read stuff, but there's just so much that you can read. You can watch movies, but there are only have so you been, many. Have you been traveling at all? I moved from, uh, so I was moving from Nexburg to here. And the thing yeah. was, I was getting my apartment here on 1st of August. And uh, my, my lease ended in Blacksburg in July. So after my lease ended, I was in Virginia for two weeks. And then I was in Sarasota for two weeks. And mm-hmm. then I finally moved to Orlando to my place. 
But yeah, yeah. until then it was it was sort of sucky. Well, sucky in the sense that I just just like a nomad. But yeah, the people I lived with were awesome. So that was that's really nice. That's nice. nice. Did you, what did, did you, you live with tech people or something? Or did I infect people? Did you live, you live with, with tech, tech people? Oh, did I live with tech people? Yeah. So my for my first two weeks, I was uh, one of my roommates. Uh, he, yeah, he was at tech, so I was living with his family for two weeks. And then my aunt stays down here in Sarasota, so I was with her for another two weeks. Finally home. Yeah, so, what was your what was your major at tech? EE photonics. Oh, nice. Yeah, I saw mm. your I saw your podcast with Dr. Joe. Mm-hmm. Joe. Did you ever Did you cool. ever research with him, or did you ever do any? My senior design project was with him. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. So yeah, I didn't research with him, but I worked with him for quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. What are your thoughts on the podcast so far? I guess you've listened to a, one or a couple episodes. Well, I've heard, um, and yeah, full disclosure, yeah, I've heard Dr. Joe's one because that was the photonics one, and I was like, okay, I want to, I want to know more. Right, about right. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. That's I think it's a brilliant initiative, um, and you guys have been really consistent with it, and that's really commendable. Yeah, this is your last one. Anything new. The hardest thing is to be consistent. Right. (laughs) Like, it's not even, like, sure, quality and stuff matters, but consistency is the most, of course, a personal opinion, but, yeah, consistency and stuff is the most important thing in my Mm -hmm. opinion. Basically, we want you to talk to yourself a couple years ago, like two, four years ago. What you would want to know, what you'd like to know. What I would want to know. Really wish I thought about this before. <laughs> yeah, we, we should have we should have organized this better. It's been a no, that's mine, dude. I I replied to you last night, and <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it's totally my bad that I was an idiot and I, you know, I didn't get back to uh, get to get to you guys, you know, <laughs> time. Right. But I actually appreciate you guys, you know, still being up with this. So, <laughs> but I don't know, man. I think whatever I was doing, like things worked out fine like whatever decisions i took they worked out pretty fine i guess that's your uh, advice things will work out <laughs> they 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 always will you know you just gotta be yeah. you know, true to yourself like mm-hmm. that's 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 the most important thing in the end like, you can't be living someone else's life i agree yeah, you can't um, copy from anyone you cannot copy dude i was all my all my closest friends were cps and everyone, like, I don't know, I don't know if, if, if this is still a thing, but when I joined, it was like, everyone was saying that, oh, CPE is going to be the future, you know, EE, like, there's no market for EE. If you're an EE, you're pretty much going to starve to death. Like, it was some stupid stuff going around in that time. But, but um, of course, you know, things are not like that. Um, you go into either major, you're, if you're true, if you're passionate about the subject, you're going to figure stuff out, you know, for like moving on in life. See, I'm, I'm actually super glad I did not switch to a CPE, even after so many people told me to switch to CPE. Yeah, for our year, I think it's a 50-50. I think it's equally divided between EE and CPE people, or almost yeah, equally divided. Yeah. yeah, there's not that much of a bias against either or. I guess. Who's, who's more? I would say CPE slightly, CPE probably 60-40, okay. something like that. Um, hmm. But yeah, hmm. still, I think a solid amount of people are interested in EE. I think the new Red Grant, has been really um, useful and productive for students. We're the first oh. year, um, and I've found very good changes. I like the new classes, the way the curriculum is set up. Oh, that, oh, right, 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 right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so. 
Yeah. yeah that's actually I, th- I think that's pretty uh yeah I I I'm, I'm a bit familiar with the thing. I'm not I'm not entirely of course I can take the classes and stuff but mm-hmm. but yeah I think it's because I uh I remember all of my CPE friends complaining about the curriculum being designed more like the basic curriculum the first two years being more catered toward an EE. Of course I did not see a problem with that because I was EE. Mm-hmm. But I, I I did hear all those complaints and yeah I think the changes that they've made are They've, they've made it a better balance between EE and CPE. I think mm-hmm. previously it was a bit more EEE. Now it's a better balance. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Did they have, um, I guess, sub-majors? I don't know what the word is, but focus, I guess, or specializations when Focuses, you graduated? I think, yeah. I think uh, our batch was the first one to be offered the focus. As I know people before me just graduated, you know, with the EE or CPE. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 2020 was the first people who actually graduated with focuses. So I think the focuses came up when we were in our June, when we were starting junior year. So exactly where you guys are in mm-hmm. position. Yeah. Like when, when we were there. That's right. Is that where you focused in uh, optics? Photonics, right? Photonics, yeah. Photonics. Well, the, yeah, they're pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Uh, very slight differences. But yeah, that's when it was. It was... They they gave all these focuses, you know. They gave power. They gave uh, controls. They gave ro- robotics, uh, power, RF, and communications, networking, and then there was photonics. And photonics was this thing no one was talking about because th- that's when I realized that no one even knows what photonics is. <laughs> and my first thing was, you know, to because I wanted to do power. I came in, I was like, oh, I want to do power because. I'd worked a bit with power and then my first research I was doing power and, you know, pretty much circuit design. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, I think I can do this. It works for me. I guess I can make a living out of it and be fine. I was like, okay, I want to do power. I didn't know tech was actually, tech is actually very good in power. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best universities in America to pursue, uh, you know, a career in power and stuff. And that makes perfect sense with CPES and stuff. But yeah, no one was talking about photonics. No one. And then, yeah, I just looked up and I was like, huh. This is actually pretty interesting. These are the classes that I'm more, most looking forward to. And yeah, Signals and Systems really pushed me. Like Signals and Systems was my favorite class in all of my four years. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it last year too. It was a fun class. Who'd you, who'd you take it with? Uh, Dr. Um, Buer. I took it with Dr. White. Oh, oh yeah, Dr. White. Yeah. I, I haven't heard of the one that... Dr. Buer. He's, he's in charge Buer. of the... Okay. The network, what, what department? He's pretty director? awesome. He's yeah, really he's a good. really cool guy. I don't think he's ever taught an. Uh, but I don't think he's ever taught a class for our. Uh, oh. Possible, possible. Yeah, yeah. he's been the director of Wireless at VT for like tens of years, I think. Wow, huh? He might have been teaching grad classes. He does yeah, teach he grad does. classes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's why I never heard of him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, I've heard of Dr. Wyatt. Yeah, we recorded with him one time, and he told us. Yeah, he was that. really cool. Research. Huh, that's sweet. Oh, he's yeah. a really interesting guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wireless as VT is pretty big. Yeah. You know, actually, even CPT is is really big. Like, CPT is Center for Photonics Technology. I don't know if you guys <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it's actually, I, I, I didn't know about this. And one of the things I feel with the whole major and one of the things that tech can, I think, do a bit better is, is uh, market and their photonics, um, you know, school as well because they have some brilliant resources they have brilliant people brilliant students brilliant researchers working in that area it's just that people don't know about it 
and you, you can't blame either one of them because if people don't know about it, they're not gonna want to do it. They just don't know about it. It's not their fault. Absolutely. So, what what motivated you to do a go to grad school and especially to UCF? Well, um, so of course, when I took photonics, I was actually confused between photonics and uh, RF, and uh, because RF was like you know an established field, and you knew that if you go into RF, you're going to get an industry job after that. You're going to be settled. Everyone's going to want you. Mm-hmm. Um, photonics, there were uncertainties that uh, you might have to go to grad school, which is something that I wasn't really looking for. That like I, I didn't want to have to go there. I didn't want to not have another option. Although I really enjoy research, and I think that was pretty much the thing. Like I realized I I've been doing research at Tech since my second semester as a freshman, so. And that's the one thing I enjoyed throughout uh, my time at Tech. So yeah, any any advice uh, would be do do as much research as you can. What did you <laughs> yeah, research people, with? People. I started uh, research with uh, Dr. Rolf Mueller uh, in the mechanical engineering department, and then I was working with. Uh, I worked with him for about a year and a half. I also got a chance to visit China with him, and do research in Shandong University over there. After that, I wanted to, um, after that, I took my signals class with Dr. Poon. I was like, boy, this guy does some brilliant research. I really want to do this. I approached him and he was fine with taking me as a, you know, as an undergrad researcher. So I worked with him for another uh, semester. And then I realized Dr. Poon's work is brilliant, but it was a, it was a bit more uh, on the computational side of things, like simulations and stuff like that. So I wanted something more hands-on. And then I realized that that's when I was in photonics and stuff. Mm-hmm. I like, okay, there are a lot of people doing other stuff as well. So at that point, uh, Dr. Yizeng Zhu. So yeah, his, uh, his lab, the biophotonics lab um, in Durham. Yeah, I worked there for like my last year and a half. So pretty much so learned. Would you say most. research helped you a lot to get into grad school? Very much, very, very much research. Um, I learned much more in my labs than I did in classes. The classes definitely give you, you know, they give you a very good theoretical understanding of what things are, but you better understand things, in my opinion, when you actually try to apply them and you try to make something out of it, you realize what is important and what is not and how much accurate the things that you learn are because most things have approximations in them and those approximations do not work in real life. Not always, but sometimes they do. So you get, you know, you get a better idea that of when it works and it doesn't work. What's the problem? What? So yeah, research, research taught me the most. The people I worked with were all super helpful. They always, they, they taught me a lot uh, about how to actually apply theories. So yeah, I think research was my biggest motivator to grad school. Just wanted to do more research on UCF because I wanted to do, go into optics, and uh, it's one of the biggest uh, optics universities in America. There, there, are, there are others as well. There's the University of Rochester and there's University of Arizona. These are like the three big famous ones that I know of, and I applied to all three of them. I got into Rochester as well, uh, but UCF, um, the professors here were doing the work that I wanted to do. I wanted to apply optics to biology, and you know. I was, I was building microscopes when I was at uh, Dr. Dr. Zhu. So I wanted to do something similar over here as well. And yeah, this UCF had a much better uh, faculty inclination toward biophotonics than the other two universities. So 
this was something that I that that's why you see, and also the weather, right? Compared to Rochester Absolutely. or Orlando, you would not. I mean, I, I would not want to be. I'd much rather be in Orlando than I'd be in Rochester. Absolutely. But, Do you see a yeah, career? Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just saying that even like all three of them are brilliant schools. You can't really go wrong with um, them, but it's, you know, there's person inclinations that oh, I like this field of work more. That's why this school. Yeah. Do you see a career in academia for yourself or do you see you going to industry eventually? That's an, that's an, that's a question I've been trying to answer myself too. So <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, of course, uh, you know, both of the fields have industry and academia, both of them have their own upsides and their downsides. And um, I've, I've been into academia for years, you know, like any student, you always are in academia for years, except for the summer when you go to industry, if you were doing an internship. And I've enjoyed academia to the fullest. I've had my most fun in academia. So, and I've done, an, and I've done internships as well. And I've, I've enjoyed those too. Like the money in internships is much better, <laughs> but yeah, I'm still, uh, I don't have a good answer for that. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm, no, I'm still, it's perfectly I'm gonna, fine. I'm going to figure you, it out. Let me ask you this. Do you have a passion for teaching, though? Do you see yourself as a Dude, professor? I've been wanting to teach <laughs> uh, for a while, but I've, uh, yeah, I, I think I do. I like to explain things uh, simply. I've not been able to teach anyone other than myself because, yeah, I've, I've, uh, I didn't, become a tutor because I really wanted to do research and devote time to that instead of um, mm -hmm. you know, tutoring. Although I, I wanted to tutor, but I just didn't have enough time. And I, I really wanted to do research and put as much time as I can into research. So yeah, I, I never tried my hands with tutoring, but hopefully in grad school, I'll, I'll try to TA a lab or something. I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll figure it out. But, but yeah, teaching is something that I am very passionate about. And, but I just don't know how good I am at it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to figure it out. I'm, I am passionate about it. I don't know if I'm good or not. Surely. Can you talk us through the application process for grad school? Like, you decide you want to go to grad school. How do you apply? What what tests and stuff you have to take? If mm. you talk us through it. Sure. So, um, well, the decision to go to grad school, I think, is the hardest of, of all of the things that you mentioned. You know, the application is this documentation but, you know, to convince yourself that you want to go through this process you know going to grad school especially like i'm doing my phd and uh, people people do their masters or their phd in grad school so uh, masters is definitely much shorter and it's uh, usually more inclined toward industry that you know you come in you take these classes you have your uh, your master's degree you have you know a, a better not uh, like relatively more knowledge than a bachelor's would give you because of course you're studying it for two more years. And um, so yeah, just convincing yourself about what you want to do. You really got to be, you want to see if you want to do a PhD or if you want to do a master's. It's PhD, you're pretty much putting in five plus years of your life into the subject. And you're not going to be paid too much. Like the stipend is barely enough for you to get through. So you're not going to be paid too much during your PhD. And you really got to be passionate about what you're doing, passionate about research, passionate about the subject, about reading stuff, about staying in the lab 40 plus hours a week. That's going to happen. That's what happens with all PhD students. And if, if you're fine with that, if you're passionate enough to do that, then you should do your PhD. If you are more industry inclined, if you really want to go into the workforce and you know, start getting your hands dirty, just want to get you know a deeper knowledge of the stuff through courses only and not too much through research if you're masters and um, 
the application process, I believe I applied only for PhD. So I can speak better to that. Um, before that, let me just make it clear that I'm not saying PhD is better than a master's or anything like that. I'm just giving you points that, okay, if you're a master's person, do that. If you're a PhD person, yep. do that. Yeah, don't, don't do something that you are not because it's not going to work for you in the long run. You're going to piss off at some point. But uh, yeah, the, the application process for PhD, um, you of course want to know uh, what the professors in that university are doing. Don't go to a university just because it's a rank better or it's more popular. I don't think that works for a PhD because you're going to be working with one professor with his or her team uh, and you want to really know if they are what you want to do. So, so the university, how do, you, how do you vet these professors? Did you go and meet them? Did you, how, how do you have a conversation email. with the professors? You were just emailing them. Okay. Hmm. I emailed them. I, I always email them. I was like, oh, Hey, I'm interested in, uh, knowing more about your lab and sometimes professors are not going to come back to you because they would only like to talk to people who are actually accepted to their universities mm-hmm. because even they are busy, you know, they can't talk to everyone who emails them. Right. So I had to first apply to all these universities, but before the application, I had to see what work their professors are doing because you have to write this statement of purpose. And I think that's the most critical document uh, in your application because that's when you show your interest your interest, what you want, the experience you have, that's when you show how catered you are toward the field or you know, toward doing a PhD. And only then, the, uh, because they, they give you funding for your first year as well. And if they're putting in money, they want to put their money in the right place. So you want to be very, uh, how do I say, okay. convincing. Okay. Yeah, that, that you can do it. And that, you know, you're, you're, worth of, uh, you're worthy of, of whatever money they're going to put in you. Is it a big so network of professors in different colleges? Like, did did you did you did the networking with professors at Tech help you apply to UCF or something like that? Um. So definitely, uh, the recommendations, and those recommendations worked uh, for me because you know I worked with these people, I've taken classes with them, and yeah, so that, that was definitely one thing. Other than that, it was, you know, professors suggesting that, okay, hey, this, this place, they have, you know, a good background in this field. I wanted to go into optical imaging. So, you know, I had to talk to professors about that. And everyone has their own opinion. Sometimes professors don't have their opinion, so they don't give it to you. I think that's good than giving you a wrong opinion. Absolutely. Not give an opinion. Um, but, yeah, the networking definitely helps. You pretty much get to know what's the you know, state of the art happening in that field, what are most people working toward, uh, what fields you could be potentially working toward, because academia is definitely an option if you're going to a PhD. And so if you're going to academia, you're going to be doing research most likely. And so you want to know how, what other people are working on to know what you can work on. Because, you know, in my opinion, having a lab is pretty much like having a startup. You need Mm -hmm. to get funding. Your audience is the scientific community mostly and so you have to cater your product which is your research toward that community and you know even they have to be happy with the work that you're doing only then you can grow so yeah a network of uh like networking essentially just talking to them i don't don't know what you mean by networking with professors but pretty much just talking to them really helps and then just emailing professors at the university and then definitely you just have the SOP, the statement of purpose, and mm-hmm. you take your GRE, which is needed. And um, 
I think GPA is important. It's a GPA is important to get into grad school. I'm not saying GPA is important in total because I have my reservations with that, but I'm saying that if you want to get into grad school, one of the things that they look into is GPA. And I know I've, I actually asked the professor what they looked into. And he told me that GPA was one of the things that they looked into, not to judge how smart you are, but mainly to judge how consistent you are, how, how dedicated you are, how, how well you manage your time. I think a GPA is much better indicator of how good a time manager and how much dedication you have toward the thing than how smart you are. Sure. Absolutely. Can you, t can you talk a little about uh, optical Im images or whatever you're working mm -hmm. on right now? Optics or? So, well, optics is a field and optical imaging is, uh, let me give you an example. Microscopes, they come under optical imaging. Cameras, they come under optical imaging. Uh, now things get more interesting when you get into this stuff that, for example, the microscopy that uh, Dr. Ju was working, is, is working on, it's, it's, they generate 3D images of um, a sample. So if you have a cell or anything, a, a normal microscope can give you a 2D image. And at best, it's gonna give you like a qualitative, like you can see that, okay, this is probably higher than, you know, this point in the cell is higher than this point, but you can't tell how much higher. There's no way to, there's not a good way to quantify it. For the people uh, in Dr. Ju's lab, they're putting their time and effort toward making a good quantitative 3D imaging that you can actually tell how, how thick in the third dimension things are. And yeah, they, they work with that. So that's an example of optical imaging right there. Then there are people who work with uh, resolution. Uh, in microscopes, you can, it's very hard to see things that are smaller than 200 nanometers. Most proteins are smaller than 200 nanometers. It's hard, not impossible. So people are working very hard, you know, in those areas as well. Uh, it's called super super resolution imaging. That's one of the also called a nanoscopy. So I know, I know that's a thing that people try to do. Definitely improving your camera quality and stuff like that is, is another thing. Computational imaging is a huge thing. I think the the pixel camera it it is it is much it is a lot of software to to build a good image than it is just the camera hardware, which definitely makes it cheaper makes the processing a bit longer, but it makes the camera cheaper. So yeah, the integration of uh, like com computation and optics is another thing. And hey, one of the most interesting things is neural networks being applied to optical imaging to get a much better image. So I know, I know people in Dr. Ju's lab and also a few people that I met here at UCF, they, they work with applying the neural networks to optical imaging to make crisper images that can actually help doctors diagnose stuff better. You know, they x-rays and stuff are optical imaging, CT scans are optical imaging. And all these techniques, they have their downsides and their upsides. For example, if you go to a CT scan, you're having x-ray radiation to you. That radiation is not always good for you. I mean, you know, in, in small doses, definitely, I mean, you know, it's needed. It's, it's like, you know, it's like a necessary evil, if I'm using it right. Like in small doses, the x-ray radiation is needed for you. It might probably not the best thing for you. But it would be even better if you can get even more information from a much smaller dose of x-rays. And that's what people work on. They work on um, photon, like making better detectors uh, for the photons that, that can improve CT images. So essentially just helping doctors to diagnose things better and quicker 
and they can. I think I think for cancer, I, I can't remember what type of cancer, but for for some cancer, you know, when even after the surgery, even after you get you get a surgery for a cancer, they send the tissue for some tests, and they can come back saying that oh, you your body still has cancer, and so you have to you, you're discharged after the surgery, and then you're called back in to do a surgery again. And of course, that is not a good thing. So you want to have better techniques for diagnosing this stuff. And you know, people work with uh, better microscopy techniques. I mean, it's called multi-photon microscopy to, to work on this stuff. So yeah, you're doing a lot of stuff. And especially, yeah, even, uh, even this with Dr. Joe's um, thing that uh, I guess you guys, you guys had the podcast with him, Dr. Wei Joe. Even he works on some really cool stuff that can really help medical diagnosis. Because all you want to do is get more information with less effort. That's all you want to do. Things are just mm-hmm. so small that you can't see them with the naked eye. So make as much effort as you can to see see more with less effort. Some really cool um, examples. Yeah, hopefully that helped. Yeah, it definitely did. Um, so we're running out of time, but before we let you go, we have sure. a couple of things for you. One, sure. let's go back to our original question. Mm-hmm. What advice or suggestion do you have for yourself two or four years ago? I think after this discussion, one, you jogged your brain a little bit, maybe. Maybe you've come up with something yeah, I else. Did, I... <laughs> um, an advice to myself would be believe in the process more than believing in the result. Um, I think that's something that I've tried to stick by. It's, it's, it's always hard to do, you know, in, in a class, especially, you know, you're taking a class. Sometimes you get a D on the homework. Sometimes test you get a b or you get a c but the most important thing is are you learning enough in the class that you become good that's why i think gpa is not a good indicator of smartness but but the most important thing is are you learning enough or is your process right are you are you actually putting in the work you you don't need the a the a is a consequence it should not be your your main focus your main focus should always be if you're learning enough in the class, you know, try to try to talk to your professor. Like they're all, like the months that I've met have, been, have always been helpful in helping me learn more, learn better, learn what I need to learn. I, I it's a I don't think it's a good thing to take a class just to get through it. Even mm-hmm. even though I, I took classes that you know I wasn't super passionate about, and they were usually CPE classes, but I still tried to learn as much as I could uh, in that and. The, the grades will follow. They they have to follow. Like it's a, they're not gonna be. You know, I think some professor told me this that two years after school, you're not gonna care about your GPA. You're not even gonna remember your GPA. So don't be so obsessed with the grades. Be obsessed with the learning. Try to learn as much as you can. Not not get a better grade. Believe in the process. Trust the process, the process. is more important than the result. That's definitely the best advice we could get or give to ourselves very Mm. useful let me Um, ask you what do you miss most about virginia tech your question oh boy uh except for the research i don't want more hands hands down the people absolutely the people anytime the people the play i know people i i know not everyone likes blacksburg but i absolutely love the place and i think one of the biggest reasons i love blacksburg was the people you know, you can be in New York City and not feel good if you don't, if you have like, you know, not good people around yourself. So 
the people are what I what I miss the most. Although I've been fortunate enough to have good friends wherever I've gone, so it's, it's I've been lucky for that. But yeah, the thing I miss about the people, the connections, the friendships that you make, like they are the things that matter the most going on in life. It's not mm-hmm. going to be not going to be your GP. <laughs> not going to be. It's not going to be. Not going to be the the work that you put in. It's it's going to be the connections that you make. But I'm not talking about the industry professional connections. The relationships. The, the human relationship. Yeah, that's a much better way. Yeah, <laughs> not a connection. Yeah, relationships that you make. Yeah, the friendships, the people. I miss the most the people. The prof- like, not just the students, also the ECE admin department. The all the ECE professors. I've I've rarely had a bad class. Mm-hmm. Most most people have met up. I've absolutely enjoyed interacting with them. So the people. Absolutely agree. Um, and uh, so are you okay to play a rapid fire game? Virginia Tech sure. related rapid fire games. So for an example, this is an easy one, but McComas or War Memorial? War. Really? You're the that's, first person to answer that. That's the first time I've heard that. Yeah. Why Wait. war? Dude, war has, war was a bit more rustic. A bit more rustic. I'd call it ancient. <laughs> yeah, that's something that hot. I enjoy. <laughs> hey, hey, hot, hot is not bad. It's good for you. Bad, too, but <laughs> but uh, War had. Uh, I I loved playing racquetball on War had all those courts and War had weightlifting. Uh, I know I know McComas had it as well, but the one in War was uh, a bit more empty than mm-hmm. uh, yeah. You know, of course, you had to go at the right time. Also, War was closer. Uh, I, I always took the bus and war was oh, closer. Okay. I, was, I was taking PhD. So war was closer to PhD than it was to. I try your pick at the dining halls. Yeah, I was going to ask D2, this. hands down. D2. 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 Really? Yeah. Uh, D2. You're, you're going with a controversial pick here. Every single one. <laughs> D2, hands down. D2. D2, man. Freshman year, every yeah, Freshman much year, every D2 is day. fine. Dude. After that, you can't. You can't. After that week, I, I and my friends, we, we had this. We tried Did you go and study there? Study. We lived. Well, we didn't live there, but... <laughs> But freshman year, we, we really enjoyed D2. You know, that was the time where I made my... The, the food is definitely a thing, but D2 was a time when I made my best friendships. Like, mm-hmm. I had brilliant conversations in D2, especially if you go there for lunch and you don't have any plans for the evening. <laughs> Sit there and talk to people so so much. And, you know, there's infinite... Like, there's no limit on the food. So, <laughs> I, don't, I don't see the problem. I don't see why people do not go to D2. The only reason I did not go to D2 after my freshman year, because it's $14 for the lunch. And it is, it is absurdly expensive. Not cheap. <laughs> but, but D2, hands down, D2. The only Best thing I liked there was D2. the chocolate milk. Nothing else. Like, the what? The only thing I liked there was the chocolate milk. The chocolate milk was pretty the handy. I'll give you that. Milk. The chocolate milk hey, was handy. I'm, I'm also a vegetarian. So... I was. I still enjoy D two. No, D two. The I'm vegetarian too, and D two has probably a solid vegetarian. Um, a very good menu. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I never yeah. had a problem. Yeah, like yeah, me the too. desserts were awesome, and then they had the <laughs> the bakery section. Manga. Oh my god! And the the pasta and all yeah, the Italian, the, the, the pizza, yeah. the tacos, dude. Right. <laughs> and the most important, unlimited. <laughs> eat as much as you can i mean of course i totally went in for the freshman 15 bro i i was on fire like i had a of course like i i gained a ton of weight well not 
not literally a ton, but you know, I, I gained quite a lot of weight, you know, my freshman year, but best time I've had, D2, hands down. Are you, are you a coffee person? No. You're not? Okay, good, me would too. You, would you pick Newman or Torbridge to study? I've never studied in Torg. Okay. I always went to Newman, third floor. So Did is you that your go-to place to study? I'm sorry, what? Did you spend a lot of time in the library? Uh, I usually like to study at weird hours, like 4 a.m. So, <laughs> you know, the buses don't run at that time. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, um, I, I spent a fair amount of time uh, in Newman, especially on the third floor, you know, the third, yeah, third floor, the quiet floor. Do you wake up at 4 a.m. or do you not sleep till 4 a.m.? I'm a morning person. Okay. So, yeah, I, I, there was a dude, my, the most productive time of my life was I was sleeping at nine, was waking up at four, I was studying until seven, I was taking the 7 a.m. bus and going to do research in the morning, taking my classes, coming back home tired at six, waiting for it to be eight so that I can go to, I can take my shower and then go to bed at 8.30 and then be off by nine. The nice. most productive time. Junior what year, year was this? What was this year? Junior year, the hardest year. I'm uh, well, you. You know what schedule to follow now. I'm definitely not. <laughs> doing that. I cannot do that. No, I the think. Best but, time of my life. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Learn and, the most. Work the most. Well, work the most in, in personally. Uh, yeah, it was so fun. That's. <laughs> do you have any other questions, Mark? Uh, what's your favorite uh, place to eat off campus? Taco Bell. Taco Bell, controversial pick number three. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many good places in Boxburg, and you go with Taco Bell. Dude, Taco Bell is <laughs> a classic. The, it's an after party classic, but it's the place after party. We used to go Taco Bell like for lunches. We used to go Taco Bell for dinners. Like during during the lockdown, the place I had most food was Taco Bell. Taco Bell, best place ever. Like it's it's brilliant taste, cheap. I, I know I, don't, I I know people who don't like Taco Bell. And I personally do not get it. The the food literally has one thing: taste. It has nothing else to it. How can you not like? How can you not find it delicious? It has one thing. Uh, yeah. Um. What's your pizza place? Mushroom pizza or or. Uh, Benny's Never. mushrooms. What's the other place? Uh, mellow, mellow mushroom. Mushroom. Mellow, mellow mushroom. Mellow mushroom. My fault. Uh, I'll say neither. Uh, You're not a, a pizza lot person. Of beast, beast pizza. Oh. Or Domino's. Okay, uh, beast pizza is a good pick. Beast pizza is a good pick. Papa John's yeah, so is better than Domino. Why would you go for I, any of the chain ones, man? It's cheaper. Uh, that's true. It's almost <laughs> the same as beast was, pizza, isn't it? I think Beast was so Beast was much cheaper. They had like the fifty percent uh, discount if you get like the biggest pizza, mm-hmm. the XL pizza or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Again, like I, I, I always enjoyed the company more than the food. Mm-hmm. So we used to get pizza back home, and then we would eat that pizza for like three hours and just talk about stuff. So, Beast pizza and Domino's, hands down. Good times. It's um, not, yeah, it's just good times. It's not about I don't I don't really care about how. Right. Papa John's probably tastes better. And Mellow Mushroom definitely tastes much better. It was more expensive. Though. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Beast or Domino's, definitely. Um, my question was, which uh, Kroger's? Gucci or Ghetto? Which, which Kroger? Um, we usually went to Ghetto. 
Uh, but during quarantine, we were going more to Gucci. I don't know why. I, I didn't drive. So wherever my roommates were going, I would just follow them. Sure. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no preference. Did you go to the, the <laughs> bubble tea place right next to Ghetto Kroger? Of course. Uh, I forgot the name. <laughs> But uh, I've heard they yeah, introduced Kung Fu Tea. It's Kung Fu Tea. Oh man, good times. Awesome. Oh, you know, there's the restaurant there, Himalayan Cafe. Oh, I've heard so, good things about it, but I don't think I've ever been. Number, number one, Taco Bell. Number two, Himalayan. Nice. <laughs> I went to a lot of Himalayan. Himalayan, brilliant place, super nice people. Uh, simple food, you know, nothing complicated. Super simple. Just go in there, eat your food, you're done. Mm-hmm. Sweet times, good times. And then get the bubble tea, head back home. <laughs> Basketball games or football games, or any I other sport. I did not go to any basketball games. I went to one football game. In four years, you went to one football game. In four years, I did not go to a basketball game, and I went to one football game. And that too, uh, I did not sit in the. I, I sat in like the. But I, I again. I, I don't. I, I'm pretty sure it was the north one. It was like no people there. No, no, no. North is the one with, with all like the people. Okay, then I was sitting in the south. Yeah, like there was no people there, and I was I was at the top. It was like I think I don't know what game is. I I don't even know if we won or lost, but I was sitting there with people. And I was I really liked and like you know like checking out the game that was happening. Like the atmosphere definitely would be good. I I don't know. I never experienced it, but the game was was what mainly took me there. It was, it was really fun to watch. I went to one football game. That's it. Before you go for today, um, Logan couldn't record with us, but he certainly had a message to share. My favorite memory from Virginia Tech, oh geez, I have a ton of memories, but probably participating in the big event because it's very unique to Virginia Tech and I just remember getting together with a lot of friends to go out and just help people in the community and it was a fun time. You build relationships and you really get to kind of experience the community of Blacksburg. My advice for current and prospective students would be to seize every moment and take risks and just go after every opportunity you have because these are going to be the best years of your life and you're only in college once so you need to make it the best you possibly can. The one thing I miss most about Virginia Tech would have to be the culture. Everyone there was so nice. You just build a lot of friendships You can talk to anybody about anything. It's easy to make friends. Um, It's just a great place to be for four plus years. A must do on the VT bucket list is definitely jumping to Inner Sandman and Lane Stadium. It's such an exhilarating experience and if you've never done it before, never been in Lane Stadium during a VT football game, it's just so much energy and so much fun. It's a great time. Advice I would give my freshman self would be to branch out more on campus 
join more clubs and just kind of experience Blacksburg more. I know as freshmen, a lot of students are a little timid and don't really want to branch out as much. They kind of want to just be in their own little space at first to learn more about college, but there's so many opportunities on Tech's campus, and as a freshman, I wish I would have seized more of those opportunities and kind of branched out more my first year and my first semester. Advice I would give in my junior self would be to not take 8 a.m. classes. <laughs> no, that's not it. But actually, it would be to learn to market yourself because these are the decisions that are going to change the rest of your life, especially as talking to companies during career fairs, during engineering expo. Um, learn to kind of show off your skills. Show them what you've been active in on campus. Get active on campus so you have things to talk about. Do things that you have a passion about. Talk to companies you have a passion about because those are the ones you're going to actually enjoy working for once you graduate. And that's going to make all the difference for the rest of your life.